Hey everybody, welcome into the Cyclone Scoop. Alex Halstead here with another edition right before Iowa State begins fall camp. On this episode, I'm going to be joined by Iowa State offensive line coach Jeff Myers. Myers is about to go into season two as the offensive line coach at Iowa State, and I thought it'd be the perfect time to bring him in before Iowa State begins fall camp. Myers is really interesting, and I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because he played for Matt Campbell at Toledo. He's been a graduate assistant under him at Toledo and Iowa State, and now obviously he's Iowa State's offensive line coach. So he's seen all facets of Matt Campbell, and he's been with Campbell really since the start, really since the first days at Toledo. And uh, I thought it'd be interesting to get some thoughts from him on that, as well as the offensive line unit that he's going to coach up in the 2019 season. So I'm going to bring on Jeff Myers in just a minute. Uh, a few reminders, though. Iowa State will begin fall camp on August 2nd, and then it's all football really from here on out. So uh, the Cyclone Scoop is going to have plenty of Iowa State football coverage uh, to come. I'm hoping to do a recruiting edition of the Cyclone Scoop coming up soon, too. Iowa State's 2020 recruiting class continues to build out, and so before um, fall camp really gets rolling, before the season really gets going, uh, I'm hoping to bring on somebody to dive a little bit more into what Iowa State's recruiting class looks like right now and what they still need by the time all is said and done. But before we get to that, uh, this episode is focused on Jeff Myers, and so let's bring in Myers. Uh, Coach, you're about to go into year two as the offensive line coach at Iowa State, but you've been with Coach Campbell for quite some time. You played for him at Toledo, uh, four-year starter. You were a graduate assistant there after your college career. You've been with him at Iowa State since really the beginning, and uh, so I wanted to bring you on and go over all that. So thanks for taking some time uh, before you begin fall camp here coming up. Yeah, thanks, Alex. It's, uh, it's great to be on. I want to start with um, your time at Toledo. What, what do you remember about being recruited to Toledo? Um, you know, how did you end up there and uh, who was kind of involved in, in landing you with the Rockets? Well, you know, Coach Campbell would have been, you know, really one of the first coaches that I talked to during the recruiting process. You know, I, I think he was he was certainly my first offer. Um, really, I think that came early in my junior year. And and it kind of snowballed from there um, with with kind of the recruiting attention and and all those things. But, you know, the one thing that stands out to me is is that Coach Campbell was probably the guy that was always in my corner. And and I felt like I had the best relationship with when it came down to making a decision. Um, you know, I had a lot of opportunities to, to play in the MAC. Um you know, and I didn't really think twice about where I wanted to be. You know, I, I think back to that time and and Coach Campbell, they were they were really rebuilding that Toledo program at the time. And when I committed, you know, the season prior, they were it was a three and nine football team. And I, I guess I kind of understood Coach Campbell's vision. Um, and, and I believe that, you know, we were going to build that thing and, and do some really really good things along the way, but. You know, it really boiled down to the relationship, um, and I think him being one of the first guys to to come in and show interest was definitely big as well. You're in a unique spot as as someone who played for Coach Campbell, but now is one of his you know assistants. And so, as you recruit guys, obviously you can tell them both sides of that. You know what it's going to be like to be in his program. In your time at Toledo, what what was it like to play for Coach Campbell, and and how have you seen him evolve? you know, from all your time with him? You know, I think I think what makes Coach Campbell so special is that he's always adapting. He's always trying to be innovative and creative. Um, but he's he's always really stayed true to his, his values. And I remember as a young guy, 
you know, at the University of Toledo um, with him as my offensive line coach, we were a really big attitude and effort group. And he coached us on those core principles. And, and his whole thought was, you know, or at least that I remember, if we're playing harder than everybody and we're all on the same page and, and we're playing for each other, um, that, that we're going to have success. And it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be pretty. But, you know, the one thing that, that, you know, I think really showed off of our videotape when we were playing was that we, we loved, uh, we loved the game. Um, we were a physical group, you know, and, and as it, as it went, you know, we were probably, for lack of a better term, we were pretty smart up front. Um, but the one thing that, that he was always honest about was how hard we were playing and um, effort was, was seemed to be the really big thing. You know, I think that it's something that I've really carried over into taking over the, you know, the offensive line group here um, is I really dove back into when we were building the program at Toledo, you know, and when I was a player, like what really stood out and, and where did I feel like we really made big leaps um, to go from three and nine to five and seven to five straight bowl games. Um, you know, you know, what were those little things that re- really made a big difference? And I think that that was one of them. When I talk to recruits um, or even players now, they pro- they bring up you know how Coach Campbell talks a lot about the non-football stuff and he builds that relationship in, in those ways. And in that sense, he obviously seems really like a player's coach, but also can be demanding, obviously, too, to get the program how he wants it. What do you remember about that balance of you know, maybe the tough love at times, but then also I think he used to bring you, know, you guys over for dinner and stuff like that. What, is there anything that you can kind of – shed light on the sides of kind of how he balances that in his program? Yeah. I, you know, I think those are some of the, my fond memories from Toledo um, were the times that, you know, we were over at coach Campbell's house, you, you know, and it wasn't necessarily a football related function. Um, you know, we were all just hanging out and having good laughs and having a good time. You know, when we were, you know, at Toledo, coach Campbell always brought the offensive line over around, Halloween. So every year we did a pumpkin carving contest and his kids voted on who carved the best pumpkin. And it was always, and we did it every year. And it was something that it was kind of a tradition for us, you know, and it got to the point where we, we started bribing the kids to, you know, try to get them to pick our pumpkin. And, and we had a lot of fun with it, but those are the memories and the things that I remember probably more importantly than all the wins and, and all the fun times on the field. Um, and that stuff was important. And I think you're right. You know, coach Campbell is a brutally honest guy and that's something that I've always respected about him as well. Even as a player, I remember, you know, my, my freshman year when I was redshirting and my goal was, you know, to crack the two deep and to make the traveling squad. And he would bring me in every week and he would sit me down and, and he was watching my practice tape, you know, and at times that I was down with the scout team and, and was correcting me and coaching me, um, to make improvements, even when I wasn't the guy that was playing on Saturdays at that time. And I always appreciated that, you know, even if it wasn't perfect and it wasn't what I wanted to hear, he was always letting me know where I was um, and what he thought I needed to improve on. Uh, and, and I, and I appreciated that as a young player, even though it wasn't what I wanted to hear. Um, he, he's always done a good job of, of letting us know where we are. Um, and that's something that I try to carry over, you know, with these guys as well is not to sugarcoat anything and, 
and, and certainly to be as transparent as I can, uh, because I know in the long run that, that those guys will appreciate that. I found a story uh, from a Columbus paper back after your Toledo career ended, and uh, you had a quote, you said, he's laid down foundation for the kind of the program he wants to run, either follow it or get the hell out. They're just going to continue to climb. It seems like there's a lot of parallels to that at Toledo and now Iowa State where he got to Iowa State and he's like, this is how it's going to be. And it's kind of like he's recruits guys that want to be part of that. Do you see parallels to what you guys built with you as a player at Toledo to now what is being built at Iowa State in terms of it just seems like kind of identical in terms of he hasn't really changed in terms of what he wants? Yeah, yeah. And I think in, in part of that's it's building the culture, um, building the good foundation of, you know, you really got to get guys that are like minded and that are understanding and can see your vision um, for the program. And and I think once we turn the corner at Toledo and got things rolling, um, the standard was really set by us in the locker room. And and, th- and that was the mentality. Um, you either you either came in and um, fell into suit or you wouldn't last, you know, it, it was kind of a, it was a very competitive locker room. Um, and, and we were pushing each other to be the best, but I, but I also think that that's what brought us so close and, and made some of those teams so special were, you know, we were holding each other accountable, um, you know, and it meant a lot to, to put that Jersey on. And, and I think that that's something that we've done a really good job here of, of really building and developing and, you know, these guys in, in our locker room currently are the ones that are setting the tone. Um, you know, I remember we, we joked the other day we were out, uh, those guys were running and, you know, it, it used to be guys were missing times or they weren't touching the line or we'd have to start over. And now it's almost like, hey, you know, if it's only a 70 percent run, you guys got to slow down, you know, because these guys are out here competing and they're challenging each other. Um, and that's how you, you know, that you're close, you know, that you're, you're doing it the right way is when, when the, the guys in the locker room start to take it over. When your uh, playing career at Toledo ended, you had started, I think the last 38 games there, you know, basically a four-year guy and you went to training camp uh, with the Cleveland Browns. What was that experience like? And then at what point was it like, Hey, I want to go back to Toledo and begin in coaching. Yeah, I think, you know, for, for a lot of guys that, that play this game, the, the ultimate goal is hopefully to play at the highest level um, at some point. And it was always, it was obviously always a dream of mine. Um, I was fortunate enough to get an opportunity with the Browns. And, you know, I guess I didn't have a ton of expectations, you know, of what to, you know, what I was going into, but I did know it was, it was going to be probably a long shot. It was going to be tough, but I just tried to, to take advantage of the opportunity and, um, and to play as hard as I could, you know, it was a good experience. You know, I, I had a really good time, um, over that mini camp and, and that tryout, but, you know, it was always a dream of mine. And, and when football ended, it was the first time that I hadn't had that structure probably, um, in my life to get up for workouts or go to class. And, you know, I, I really didn't know what I was going to get into. I guess I didn't probably have the best plan of, what, what's going to happen after after football's over um you know and coach Campbell called me and he was like listen you know I, I know you want to make a difference and I know you want to you know change the world um but I really think that you know you can do that with coaching you know I, th- I think that you have all the intangibles to be a really great coach and 
Um, I would love to bring you back on staff. And at the time, the only position that he had open was, you know, a uh, graduate assistant in the recruiting department. Um, so I jumped at it. Uh, you know, I, I was back really for that the following year um, when fall camp started and was just really just getting my feet wet and trying to figure it all out. You know, it was the first time I, I really had to learn the game from the other side. And, you know, I had the respect of the, the guys that were on the on the team at that time. And it, it made it a really easy transition for me coming back. What was it like to work your way up through that, through a recruiting GA to an offensive line GA at Iowa State? And right before Coach Manning left, initially uh, quality control coach, what are what are kind of your duties in that? And, and what's kind of the mindset as you work your way up of what, what your ultimate goal was? Yeah, I, th- I think in my first year um, back at Toledo, it was really good for me to see the recruiting side of things, you know, on game days or um, even throughout the week, keeping up with the recruiting board, you know, and wasn't heavily involved with the game planning or the practice planning and all of those things. But it, it really gave me a good idea in a, a good debrief of what this recruiting world was really like. You know, it had obviously changed since I went, rec- went went through recruiting as a as a high school guy, and um, it continues to evolve. But it really gave me a good taste of what to expect um, from a recruiting standpoint. The, you know, the following year we were at Iowa State, and I moved into the offensive line GA role, um, and and then I kind of got to dive back into the game and learn it from the coach's perspective. Um, I felt like I I could bring a, a lot of good insight being you know not too far removed and and kind of the things that I always felt or what I was looking for or you know adjustments that I could make throughout the game but my role that year and really the second year as well was to I felt like to be the assistant offensive line coach and um on game day during practice you know I, I was helping those guys make those adjustments and you know we were covering blitzes and doing those things really in-game adjustments um, because Coach Coach Manning, you know, was upstairs. He was up in the press box calling the plays, and um, it was really easy for us to communicate for him to, you know, call down. And, and I think he trusted me that I could get those guys, you know, right and, and get them headed in the right direction. But, um, you know, then I was moved up into a quality control role. You know, that didn't last too long, but um, – with with Coach Manning's departure, I you know I had the opportunity to to be promoted as the offensive line coach, and you know at the time I wasn't expecting it. Um, you know I was hopeful, but you know I was also ready to to fight for it. Um, I was just hoping that I could get an interview. You know I, I didn't really know what to expect, and when I sat down with Coach Campbell, you know I remember the the one thing he asked is, "What do you think your big, biggest challenge is going to be?" and you know, I, I'm not nervous, and I, and I never have been from an offensive line standpoint, from um, coaching those guys or coaching that group. Um, I was, to be honest, more nervous about recruiting. And I told him, I said, I think that's going to be, you know, a disadvantage for me. And I'm, I'm going to be a really young guy. I've never been on the road before. Um, I could see how that could be an issue, you know, recruiting at this level. And in, in that was really the first thing that popped in my mind of what's going to be the biggest hurdle. Um, but fast forward now through a couple of recruiting cycles, you, you know, I, I don't feel that way as much anymore. I think I've used it to my advantage more than anything. Um, 
it's very easy for me to relate to these guys that I'm recruiting. Um, very easy for me to develop relationships. And with not being too far removed from what they're going through right now as, as high school student athletes, um, I think it's, it's really a big advantage, you know, for me to be a young guy in this profession and, and, and to develop those relationships with those guys and those families. Um, I always think back to my recruiting process and, you know, what were some things that I liked? What were things that I didn't like? And I, and I kind of start there um, when, I'm, when I'm out on the road or when I'm uh, recruiting offensive linemen. You know, what were the big things for me and what, what helped me in my decision? And I know it comes down to relationships, and, and I think it always will. Um, certainly finding the right fit for our program and guys that, you know, are like-minded in what we're trying to do certainly is, is a big one as well. But um, it actually, you know, it hasn't been as, as difficult or um, any of that as I, as I originally thought. You answered one of my questions there, and that was the – Coach Campbell said you were almost an on-field coach already because Coach Manning, like you said, was offensive coordinator and he was up in the box. And so on game days, it's almost like you were the offensive line guy, at least on the sidelines. How much did that help you transition into taking over and – how did, you know, maybe Coach Campbell and Coach Manning mold you in that sense of over the years you were working with, you know, basically the offensive line guys all the time? Yeah, and I think, you know, getting into that, you know, that role as a graduate assistant and, and really starting to to learn the game from, from a coach's perspective, sitting really in the, the game planning meetings with Coach Campbell and Coach Manning and taking in as much as I could. You know, it's funny, I, I always knew how to block inside zone, but I never knew why we ran it. And those are little things that you pick up on and, and why is this play good and why is it bad? And what are our adjustments, you know, other than just playing left guard? You know, you know, I always was able to swing at multiple positions on the offensive line, but from a, a holistic standpoint of why are we doing something, you know, I felt like that was a big thing that I needed to learn quick. Um, but really just sitting in with those guys and asking questions, uh, listening to them talk and watching them work through, you know, game plans. And um, as we, you know, prepared for our opponents, I thought that that really helped me. And, and then on game day, um, really just having an opportunity to, to coach those guys and, and to help them out. But more so standing on the sideline and, and learning where to put my eyes and what I need to be looking for and what I need to be watching. Um, to help with adjustments, you know, to, to think of the next move. Um, you know, I thought those two years were, were invaluable from that standpoint, um, you know, taking over with the offensive line. When your Toledo career was over and you were, you know, in that NFL in between of going to camp and stuff, I think I saw one NFL scout described you as a whole lot of nasty, which I'm sure is kind of what, what you look for in recruiting, but that's kind of what I'm wondering is, when you're recruiting offensive linemen, obviously you want that kind of nasty, tough player. But what are you looking for in an offensive lineman on the on the market, so to speak? You know, I know there's obviously certain frame things and athleticism things, but what are you looking for between that and then maybe what they have to be able to do otherwise? Yeah, um, you know, I think the first thing that I'm looking for on their videotape is is just overall strength, and it's you know not bench numbers or squad numbers, but um, their functional strength you know, doing what they're asked to do by their high school coach. You know, 
that's the other thing when you're when you're watching offensive linemen. Not everybody runs the same offense we do. Um, you know, there, there's guys that are still running the wing T or triple option. Uh, more veer teams. You know, heavy set. There, you know, there's for instance guys that that don't really pass the ball, and so there's not a ton of um, videotape of them taking pass sets. You know, those, those are all things that that I'm looking for. Um, in developing in, and really when I'm evaluating those guys is or initially what are what is their strength levels looking like you know how are they able to transition um you know play with their feet in the ground you know get their hips through a block you know how how well do they finish a guy that if I'm watching your videotape and it's five minutes of film and, and you don't pancake anybody you know there's something going on um you know, and, and that tends to lead to guys that aren't finishing plays and, and some of those things. But, you know, the next thing we'll look at um, will probably be just overall skill, um, whether it's run blocking or pass protecting. You know, what, where is the guy's skill level, um, depending on his age, obviously. But, you know, will we be able to, to work with that guy? How far off is he from being able to play for us? Um you know, obviously we're looking for some flexibility, mobility. You know, how well does the guy move? How many sports does he play? Um, I, I like our, our guys to be really athletic. You know, we run some outside zone stuff. We get our guys out on screens. And they have to be able to, to function in the open field. They have to be able to break down. They have to be able to run through second-level defenders. And, um, you know, I, I like guys that are pulling that are getting out in space and doing some of those things on their high school film. I think that that's really big. Um, but, you know, like you said, is there a specific cookie cutter frame or size that I'm looking for? No. Um, you know, because the, I don't think that that's fair. Some of the best players, even in the national football league are, are six, two and six, three. Um, so I, I don't, I wouldn't say that there's a specific size I'm looking for, you know, in an offensive lineman, but more so, you know, how hard do they play? Uh, what does the coach say about them? You know, what are, what do people at the school say about the guy? You know, the, that, that's all very important too, because what we've, what it really, what I've found uh, even at our time at Toledo and, and obviously being here is that if the guy doesn't fit your culture um, and doesn't, it, it wouldn't be able to last in the type of program that you run, you know, then it's not worth it. No matter how good he could be or how good he is, um, if he's not tough and, he, and he's not willing to work hard, then he's not going to make it here. You know, he's not going to make it in a blue collar style of program. Um, so th those are just some of the things that I look at initially, um, you know, at least on the videotape. And when I go into schools and, and, and asking questions and, and trying to find out more. Um, but like you said, you know, what was the quote that, that I was, uh, I was nasty or something like that. You know, I, I think that, that I kind of had a chip on my shoulder even coming out of the recruiting process because I got a lot of hype early on. And, and as I started to get over to some junior days and, and to get out to some schools, it quickly diminished. And I think it, a lot of that was because of my height, um, you know, which was good because it, it was a good chip on my shoulder. And um, I think it forced me to play more violent. It, it forced me to play uh, more physical and, and really try to prove my point. You know, that's something that I carried over with me to Toledo. And a lot of the guys that I played with that I came into Toledo with were undersized guys. Um, and, and I think that we had to kind of take advantage of our strengths and play to those. And a lot of it was, you know, our, our football IQ, our intelligence, 
Um, and then really we were just, we would, we would outlast people. We would play harder for longer and we took a lot of pride in that. And that's what really what I'm trying to, to build here because I know it works. Um, you know, it's not every day that you're going to line up and, and have the best five on the field. You know, there's always going to be a guy, two guys, maybe a front six that, that have you outmatched on paper. Um, but you know, they, they can't control the attitude and the effort that you play with. And I think that that's something that we're really starting to see here is, you know, our guys are playing hard. They're playing hard for each other. And, and I think they're playing for a bigger purpose. I'm going to let you go here in, in just a minute because I know you got to get back to work. But I wanted to round out with two quick questions about the guys you're actually going to coach this year. Um, the depth chart came out, you know, no either ors for the starting jobs. Matt Campbell um, said down at Big 12 Media Days, that doesn't mean that guys like Trevor Downing and Joey Ramos aren't pushing. What does it mean to have some of those young guys pushing? And um, what do you like about maybe the guys that are pushing, even though you have a senior laden group? Yeah, I mean, I think you rewind even to, to spring practice, you know, from, from winter through the spring. And, and now we're, we're, t- we're, t- we're finishing up on the summer here. Um, these guys have been working really hard. They, they look completely different than they did leaving spring, uh, which is encouraging. You know, I, I really challenge the group um, heading into the summer. And, and those guys, I think, have answered the bell, you know, to this point. And that's only going to help us moving forward. But, you know, I think we're going to roll out the, the five that we ended the year with. Um, there's certainly a, a ton of competition. And, you know, I, I feel like our seniors are, are more hungry than, than, they, we've, than they've ever been. I think they they even feel, you know, and see some of our young guys really working hard and, and turning the corner. Um, but the more that, that we have ready to play, the better for our team. You know, for us to be in a situation where we feel comfortable putting six, seven guys in a game, um, eight, nine guys, you know, however many are ready to go, the, the better off we'll be. Uh, we haven't had that opportunity. I don't think we've felt completely confident. Um the previous years that that we've been able to just roll all these guys into a game and, and not miss a beat. So I think that that'll play to our advantage. But, um, you know, our senior group, you know, Julian, you know, has had a really good summer, is looking really good. Bryce on the other side, um, same thing. And, and really our inside three, those guys have been working really hard. And, and really those guys behind them, I think, have been pushing them. Um, the Trevor Downings, Joey Ramos, you know, Rob Hudson, Sean Foster, um, and, and Derek Swagger, I mean, th- those guys, you know, have really made good gains over this offseason, and, and it's exciting to to see their growth. And then last thing for you, uh, what does 104 career returning starts mean for a program, for an offensive line? Um, I think you were probably part of, towards the end of your time at Toledo, of, of a group like that where you were really experienced. How much does experience on the offensive line make a difference when you've got, you know, 100-plus starts coming back for this year? Yeah, I, I think it's 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 a big advantage for us. Um, these guys have played a lot of football. They've they've played next to each other um, for a good clip, and and I think it really helps with communication. Uh, it really helps with in game adjustments. Those guys are, you know, should be making those adjustments on the fly, even within a series. Um, you know, the the one thing that I warn them of. Um, even when they see this stuff, you know, how many starts are returning or, you know, how many seniors we have at at the end of the day, that doesn't mean a ton. Um, We do have the the most experience that we've had since we've been here, which is exciting. But at the same time, you know, 
our guys still have to improve. They still have to get better. And, you know, the one thing that I challenge with, like, you know, you guys haven't won a championship. You, you know, you, you haven't reached the pinnacle. And if you think that you've arrived, you're wrong. Um, and I think just making sure that they're grounded, um, making sure that they're hungry and, and that they're ready to go to work. Because if we start off where we left off at the end of last year, you know, then, then we've really dropped the ball. So I'm, I'm anticipating these guys have, you know, have made a lot of improvement. You know, we've been working hard. They all look, you know, 10 times better than when we left the spring. So I'm really excited to get going with these guys. I think that they are too. Um, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good camp. It's going to be a lot of competition. We're going to continue to mix up, you know, who's running next to who and um, who's running with the ones, who's running with the twos. And I think that that's, you know, we'll really have a good idea here in a couple of weeks. Well, thanks for carving out some time before you guys begin fall camp and uh, best of luck as you guys get into it here in August. Yeah, no doubt, man. I appreciate you uh, giving me the time. Thanks again to Coach Jeff Myers for taking some time out. Uh, Iowa State's about to, like I said, begin fall camp, and so it's busy right now. And uh, once fall camp begins, it's going to be the season, and it's really football from here through the rest of 2019. So thanks to him for carving out a little bit of time. Um, that's going to do it for this edition of the Cyclone Scoop. There are going to be some other episodes coming up, like I said at the top. I'm hoping to have a recruiting edition coming up. Iowa State begins fall camp August 2nd, so there'll be coverage from that and uh, really beyond leading up to the season. There's going to be a lot of football here on the Cyclone Scoop. So thanks for joining, and I uh, hope you'll listen in next time.